Lord, thank you for bringing us here this morning just to worship you. Lord, I pray that as Tommy brings the word this morning, that you would speak through him, God, and you would give him the words to say. Lord, I pray that we would be receptive to the word, and that everything we do would be in your name. Amen. for the band, worship band. <clears throat> After uh, having done this now, this is my second time, I can tell you, uh, I was hoping they would just tape it and then I could leave, you know, but uh, doing it twice, I, I'm going to tell Chris, I got a whole another perspective from him for having doing three in one morning. Um, well, appreciate y'all uh, being here. Uh, I know that... Uh, it was said earlier that, you know, you, you're in for a real treat. Well, my wife and kids left, and they didn't stay for the second one, so I don't know what that tells you. Um, so, m you know, may maybe it wasn't quite as good. But um, several weeks ago, uh, I was on a, I'm on a committee, which is the most Baptist thing ever in the history of the church. Uh, but uh, after the meeting was over with, uh, Pastor Chris said, hey, I'd like to visit with you in private. And I, I, I had a cold sweat break out because I thought I was in trouble. And uh, we, we went in private, and then he said, hey, uh, I've been praying about who might speak on Labor Day weekend. Fill in for me, and God's put your name on my heart. And then I looked to see who else he might be speaking to in the room, and uh, it, it turns out it was me. And so I, I did tell him, I said, well, I will give me, give me some time. I, my initial reaction was no. I mean, I wanted to just say, hey, if you don't know, I'm busy. And I've got a full-time job, and there's a lot going on, if you haven't noticed, and things are a little wild and hairy. Um, but I said, well, let me, I'll get back with you. And so I went home and, and prayed about it for a while and visited with my wife. And ultimately, during that time period, I mean, and this is obviously how the Holy Spirit works, God then began to lay on my heart a message uh, that I would share. And so it did become obvious that uh, apparently God does speak to our pastor. So um, <laughs> good news. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I want to approach it this way. Obviously, I'm not a preacher. I, I don't preach, and I've been careful to tell people that I'm preaching Sunday. I, I'm speaking, and I, hopefully I'm speaking uh, obviously through the Holy Spirit, from the heart. But I think of it in this way, is that I'm being asked really to step out of the group. And maybe he did ask all of you in the room and you told him no, and I was the only one that said yes. I don't know. But nonetheless, I did say yes. And I, I think, you know, of it more of me stepping out of a peer group, right, amongst you, to share what God is telling me that I think we're all dealing with during this time. Uh, that we're in. And so that's kind of what's on my heart and what's on my mind. And, and hopefully you can walk away uh, with some things um, uh, that you've learned from here. I know that God has certainly uh, spoken to me during this time. How many of you have seen the pictures of the U.S. presidents before and after pictures? Have you, have any of you have ever seen like, you know, like they're like an eight-year term and it's like, wow, well, I've got a picture here of, of George Bush, President Bush. Look at how vibrant he looks on the left. He's excited about taking over as president. And then look on the right. There's a little bit of a sheepish grin, like I'm getting out of here. It's over with. It's not my job anymore. And he's got gray hair and a lot more wrinkles. And then here's President Obama. He didn't have a gray hair. 
he's real stoic on the left, and on the end, he's kind of actually waving like, see ya, I'm out of here. And, and I will tell you, since March, I've felt like this. I, I, I kind of joke and think like there may be social media things in the future um, of like people are posting their pre-COVID and post-COVID pictures, and they're going to look like that. You're going to be like, uh, like, oh my gosh, like I have this gray hair and these wrinkles now, and it's only happened since March. You know, it's going to be like there's a lot of weather. And the point of that is the job is stressful, right? Would you agree that the job of president is stressful and that there would be a lot that would weigh on a person's mind and physically, emotionally? And I feel like we've kind of been living in that time, right, of a stressful time uh, since March, if we think just in that time period. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, an athletic director, just yesterday, and he said, um, you know, people ask me, are you just taking it day by day? And he said, man, I'm taking it 15 by 15, 15 by 15, 15 minutes at a time, because things are changing. And if we think of it in terms of 15, so if a, if a, if a, a year or a day is in 15 minutes, how many 15-minute intervals have we had since March? I mean, we, we, we're, we're exhausted. I mean, we're exhausted. We've, we're dealing with a global pandemic. We're dealing with uh, financial crisis. We're dealing with uh, social unrest. We're dealing with a hurricane. And by the way, we're still in hurricane season. Who knows how long that could go. But it just seems like overwhelming things are just happening. And they're just, we're just beat down. We're beat down. And it reminds me of a desert. Because a desert is a place that no one wants to live in. No one wants to inhabit. I've got a picture of a desert here. So when I say desert, I'm not talking about Scottsdale, Arizona at Camelback Resort, okay? I'm talking about the desert, like where there's no life, where it's inhabitable, okay? Who wants to live there? Does anybody? Okay, no. Does anybody want to continue to live in our current environment of where we're living? Does we want to just keep it here, just keep it? Okay, we've got decent practical people in this congregation. Good, because you're a lot like me. You're living in it, you're dealing with it, but you don't want to stay there. And so today's message is really about drawing a parallel or a connection between what the Israelites experienced in the desert into our time now. I'm calling this the COVID desert, okay? It's a place that you don't want to be. It's a place you don't want to stay. It's a place that is miserable, <laughs> okay? But a lot that we can draw from. It's a place in which God is speaking to his people, and he's guiding you to another place, okay? And so again, I know you'll walk out of here and say, boy, let me pop a bunch of holes in Tommy's analogy. I know there's a thousand that you can do, but I think there's a lot that we can draw from during this time. Um, the first thing I would say is, again, the obvious. No one wants to be in a desert. In Exodus uh, chapter 14, verses 11 through 12, um, it says, uh, they said this to Moses, uh, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. How many of you have said, over the, since March, I wish that we could go back to the way things were. Have you said that? Have you heard that? Have you said it? I want things to go back to normal. Yeah. 
And so you're acting like an Egyptian, by the way. <laughs> and so, you, you know, again, now listen, understand that every analogy has holes in it. I'm not saying that, um, that normal in this case isn't better or what it was in March isn't better. But what I'm saying is, is we're in the desert and we're not going back. We're not going back to the way things were. We're going the way God's bringing us to. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that there's a promised land ahead. I don't know. Okay, it's a little different of a story. But what I'm telling you is we're on this journey together, and we can't go back. You don't rewind time. And so rather than complaining about the situation and wanting to go back, we need to understand what God is doing in the midst of the journey in the COVID desert that we live in. Okay? And so the first step in that process is understanding that although we are in this COVID desert, God is providing for us. Number one, he, or primarily for the, the Egyptians, he provides manna. In, in, in uh, Exodus uh, ch chapter 16, verse 4, he says uh, that he was going to, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In the way that I will test, in this way, I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. And in efforts to say, I'm going to see if they're faithful to the provisions that I'm providing. So we're in the middle of this COVID desert. How do we get through it? We, we complain we want to go back to normal. That's not possible. Okay, you can't rewind time. We'll understand that God provides provision for us. He's providing manna. Well, what's manna in today's days? Well, it's his word. It's time spent with him. It's in prayer. It's time spent in the presence of the Lord, gaining from him what you need. Not for the week, not for the month, not for the entire journey, but for the day. So I'm going to give you a, a personal example in my own life of this. And, and I think for all of us, it's relatable. I've got two sons, Lawson, who's 10, Grayson, who is 9, just turned 9 this week. And I think for most parents, you, want, you, you get nervous about what's it going to be? Are they going to get married? Are they going to have a family? Are they going to be independent? Are they going to, you know, you, you're going to go to college? Are they going to be, you know... Are they going to be a menace to society? I don't know. You're nervous about these things. And for me, our oldest son is autistic. And so when I have the most anxiety in my life about him, it's when I begin to think, well, will he go to college? Well, will he get a job? Can he drive? Will he uh, get married? Will he be independent? Will he live with us forever? We don't know, okay? And that's when I begin to get anxiety. But God reminds me that in the midst of that challenge, he provides for the day. He has been faithful since the day Lawson was born in our journey with him. But it doesn't mean that I can't plan. It doesn't mean that I can't have a plan for his life, that I can't be practical, right? We don't just say, well, God's going to provide. We're not sending him to school. God's going to teach him to speak. No, we have therapy. We do things with him because it's practical. But it's when I worry about the, the end destination that I get anxiety and I'm reminded he provides. And this is why it's important on the manna for the day. And this is what happened with the Israelites. When we think that if, if God were to tell me, like if I knew right now, it just absolutely, Lawson's going to get married, be independent, go to college and do these things, okay? Then when he did things today that were improvements, they wouldn't be good enough because they're not what I think is the end result. So I'm not, as in, I'm not as grateful for the journey 
in the movement forward because I'm thinking, well, yeah, but that's not marriage. That's not independence. But if I focus on the day and being thankful in the day, then when Lawson has a great day, when he makes an advancement that is small in the grand scheme of things, it is monumental in that day. So for us, as we go through this desert, we know it, the coronavirus is going to go away at some point. Okay, It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone. We're going to be out of this desert. But in the moment, if God gives you a, a, a blessing or he advances you or he gets you in some area that is positive, but it's not out of the desert, then if you don't live in the day, you're not grateful for that. But if you just live in the day, then the things that happen in that day will be a reward to you, okay? And so the manna for the day is so important. For, so the next thing is, is so however what happens is, so the, the, let's talk about the Israelites. We, that happens. We're getting the manna from the day. We're going out and getting it and receiving it. Well, all of a sudden, well, things are a little tough. How long could you go, right? So in March, the, we got locked down. And then you're like, well, I can get through the end of the year. And then the summer comes. And then now we're getting ready to start college again. And then let's say that gets shut. But how long are we willing to go? Right now, we've been dealing with this for six months. Now, Trey Smith earlier says, I hope you're not trying to insinuate this is a 40-year COVID desert. Okay. I'm, I pray to God that that's not. I don't know if I can continue this, to do this. But let's imagine, let's imagine if it was. So how you're faithful now since March, but what if it was year three? What if it was year four of our current environment, year 10? What happens to the Israelites is they start thinking, this ain't good enough. I'm going to go build a calf, a golden calf. I need, I need something else. This, this bread is not sustaining me for the day. And so in, you see this. There's, I got a picture of a golden calf here. So the, 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 the non-church member of the year, we're going to put this in their yard. As a, as a, I'm just joking. So the golden calf, they went and built a golden calf because the, God's provision was just not doing it enough. Well, golden calves still exist. They still exist in our day. There's modern golden calves. They come in the form really of different areas, money, pleasure, entertainment. Money is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But out of bounds of what God's designed for it, then it can become a golden calf to you. You can be saying, I'm, I'm not relying on God's provision in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be relying on these finances to make sure I have security. I'm not going to re rely on, uh, you know, all these other things. So the other one is his pleasure. You're, you're saying, hey, you know, God, you, you know, you're fulfilling me with this bread, but it just, you know, it's not the same. I, I'm going to seek alcoholism, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek pornography, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, just seek other types of pleasure. Playing golf all day, right? Golf is not a bad thing, okay? But if that's the only thing you do to get fulfillment, it, it's, it's filling a void in a different way. Entertainment. I'm in the entertainment business. I hope all of you have renewed your season tickets, by the way, to Louisiana Tech. Um, but, I, I, again, as, even as, as a person who is asking people to come to Louisiana Tech, I don't want it to be your golden calf, okay? I don't want the entertainment or the idea of coming to sporting events to be the thing that is replacing the sustenance and the provision in your life that God is trying to provide for you. So it's a real thing, is to be distracted uh, in the world with, with modern ca golden calves. 
I think it's important for all of us to understand Deuteronomy 2.7 says that God is with us. We sang a song earlier that God is with you. He is for you. In Deuteronomy 2, um, chapter 2, verse 7, it, it, it says, um, The Lord our God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the vast wilderness, so through this desert. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked for nothing. He's provided for you. So understand that as we're going through this, he is not vacated. He's not taking a break or a vacation. He's providing for you throughout this desert. Again, we, we pray that this verse is not 40 years in this scenario. But understand that he is with you. He's not forsaken you. How many of you watched the Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby yesterday? Okay, a handful of you. Nobody wanted it. They're like, no, I don't bet. I'm in church. I don't gamble. I just, just if you watch the Kentucky Derby, okay. Um, it's a little odd, September the 5th, to see the, the Kentucky Derby. Normally that's a, a Saturday in May, if I think so. I think that's right, normally. But if you've watched any horse racing, you'll know that there's a point in time in the race in which uh, the announcer usually will say, it's when they make the last turn, he'll say, and down the stretch they come. Down the stretch they come. And it, that happened yesterday. And down the stretch they come. In Deuteronomy 2, 2 and, and verse 3, God says this. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country or this desert, this wilderness, long enough Turn north. Down the stretch they come. There, there's going to be a time. I, I don't know when this, I'm not trying to prophesy or anything. I don't know when this thing's going to be over. But I can tell you that there will be a time that we're closer to the end than we were the beginning of this COVID desert that we're in. And the Lord will turn north, if you will. We're, we're going to be to the end. And, and, and in that verse, it was turn north, in essence, then to cross the Jordan. You have to do these things, but then you're, you're going to cross, you're in a home stretch. And so, for us, there will be a time, for all of us here, in which, I'm not saying that we're going to cross this, like, line of delineation or this river, right? But, but there will be a time when we are, when COVID or coronavirus is in the rear view. So, if you think about the 1918 Spanish flu, I don't know when it was, but whether it was 1919 or 1920, at some point in the society, they said, do you remember the 1918 Spanish flu? Like it was over. Again, it was kind of was probably a trailing, it ended over time. But nonetheless, there's a moment in time which they look back and that was history. That was in the past. That's going to happen here. Okay, that's going to happen when we, and praise God, amen, right? When we look back and we say, y'all remember 2020, the coronavirus? So I don't know when that's going to be, but it's going to happen. And so for us, it's not just about how do we navigate the journey of the desert, of this desert that we're in, in that we are not complaining to go back to normal, that we're seeking God's provision for the day in the manna that he provides, that we're not distracted by the golden calves of our society. And the thing I would point out on the golden calves is this. The world is going to act like the world. When you see all the things that are going on in our country and that are, there's chaos, what, what do you expect? The world's going to act like they're going to do worldly things. Christians and followers of God 
they're going to be different because it's, it's counter culture, right? And so when we think about what's going on, understand that the, the world's going to act like the world because they're worldly. And we, we've got to be separated and different as followers of Christ. But then there's going to become this point in time in which we, we cross over, if you will, to this new, this new era where it doesn't have coronavirus. Then what? Well, we can look in God's word again with the Israelites for example and wisdom from God. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Joshua chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a, as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off from the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. I have a picture of these stones. Nothing fancy there, but it's a memorial, a reminder of God's faithfulness, of his provision, his mercy for the Israelites as they wandered through the desert, God provided for them on the other side. So as I begin to think about that and think about, you know, for us, there, there's, there's two lessons here, all right? There's one is how do we manage this uncertain time, that, uh, desert that we do not want to live in, okay? How do we manage that? One we, we, we got to go get the manna. We got to spend time with God. We got to get his provisions for the day. Two, we don't need to be distracted by the golden calves of society. But then when we move to the other side, what are we doing to remember that? I, I will tell you this. I, I've had things happen in my life. I've had trials. And what tends to happen is the farther we get away from the trial, the, the, the less harsh it seems to be. Like, eh, it wasn't that bad. Well, it's pretty bad, okay? What I don't want to happen in my life is that when I'm, hopefully if I can live 70, 75 years, whatever, maybe, I, I don't want someone to ask me, did you live in the coronavirus? Did you go through 2020? I say, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I want to be able to point to something that talks about God's provision in my family and in and in my life during this time. And so I challenge you, whether it's a journal, to start, do it as a family. Make, be intentional about this. To say, you know what? We're, we're not going to just hunker down and hope this thing goes away and then come out and go, oh, praise the Lord, it's over. No, let's, let's take on the journey. Let's just take the journey on and see what God is doing in our lives so that we can remember those things. So write down, I'm not asking you to all go put boulders in your yard, okay? They'll be a little odd. But journal. Go get a family journal. Go get a real nice one. Go get a cheap one. I don't care. Put COVID desert on it. 
and go back from March and recount. We're going to do this as a family and write down the things. My, both of my parents had COVID-19 and God, praise God, they made it through. My mom was in ICU for seven days. I want that in the journal. I want to talk about God's provision and sovereignty in our lives so that if I'm blessed with grandkids or great-grandkids and they ask me, Grandpa, did you live through that? I can say, absolutely, and let me tell you about God's mercy and grace during that time. Plant a tree in your yard so that when your grandkids are swinging on it or whatever, you can say, that's the mercy tree. I don't know. Make sure you don't get hit by a tornado or a hurricane at some point. Maybe you want to plant it up north somewhere. I don't know what it is. Build a table. Do a mosaic. I don't know, okay? Be creative. Some of you will be very creative. But do something that when people see it and they say, what is this? You can say, These are, this is the memorial that is reminding of God's mercy and grace during our time in the desert. It could be a song. I think about the song that we sang today, The Blessing. That blood, the song, The Blessing, is based off of Numbers chapter 6, verses 20 through, 22 through 27. And let me read it to you. And I, and I want to do this. I want to read it as... I want to read it as what it was intended to. I want to read it as a blessing over this congregation as you leave here today. I want to read it as a prayer, as a blessing, that it would remind us of not only we're in this desert, God's going to get us through it, through his provision, but that when we're done, that we don't just try to erase it, but that we use it as an opportunity to remember his provision in our life each and every day when we see that tree, when we hear the song, when we read the journal, whatever it is you choose to do. So if you will, the, the lyrics of the song, The Blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and their children, and their children. May his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, and around you, and within you. He is with you, he is with you, he is with you. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day, and this opportunity to just understand that although we're dealing with all this chaos surrounding us, we're dealing with... Um, turmoil, uh, uncertainty. God, you are still on your throne. You have not left. Um, God, you are teaching us something through the journey. God, may we be reminded that each and every day you provide manna for us. You provide sustenance and provision that we must go and get in the form of your word and spending time with you. God, may we not be distracted by golden calves in our lives. And God, once we get to the other side, we praise God that there is going to be a time in which we're not dealing with coronavirus. But when we are on the other side, God, may we not just try to forget this journey, but may we be reminded over and over again of your provision and your love for us throughout the journey. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I know at this time we're going to have a, a, an invitation. It's different because of the COVID desert we're in. Uh, so we're not going to ask anyone to come up. But we do have staff here uh, that if you have any questions, if you're wanting to join the church, 
if you're wanting to come uh, to, to Jesus, uh, if you want to give your life to Christ, there are ministers here. Uh, but at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Clayton. Thank you all so much. Amen.